All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. And the more we ask about Gabe Landeskog, the more we get kind of the same answer from Jared Bednar. Should the Avalanche go the loophole route? He's on LTIR right now. Should they just leave him there so they can make some moves and come playoff time, bring Gabe back where the salary cap doesn't matter? We'll talk about it and a lot of other things going on right now with the Avalanche. New episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you right now. Here we go. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. Follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Get notified when a new show goes live. And all right, sir. So uh, we're actually recording this one on your birthday. Mm-hmm. So And it's not coming out to the day after. Was it an enjoyable birthday for you this year? Oh, it's fantastic. I got to spend it with my kids, so I can't top that. And you uh you you informed me of the birthday gifts that they gave you. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like uh you need to share that with the masses. I had they got me two jars of spicy pickles, um, Mountain Dew Code Red, and easy cheese. And canned cheese. I mean, they know me so well. <laughs> and you were happy as can be. I'm telling you what. That's the best there is, right? All right. So uh, I, my birthday is in like a month and like a week or so. So I don't think my kids can top that. <laughs> I don't drink soda. Uh, I, I, I'm not a fan of the canned cheese, believe it oh. or not. I, I, yeah. I and even as a kid, I don't think I really liked it that much, but. We'll I'm totally I'm sure. that guy from the Goofy movie. I yeah. Just... <laughs> you, the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. Yeah. Um, all right. On today's episode, we will be discussing uh, Corey Pronman over at The Athletic. A couple times a year, he comes out with a uh, list, under 23 list, ranks all the players in the league, uh, like quite literally. There's like 150-some players on here. He did it about six months ago. We had an episode or a segment on the episode about that. So. It's updated. Some surprising things in there for the Avs. We'll get to that. And uh, we'll get to the Calgary game, obviously, which is going on tonight. Um, But first, we are going to start with Gabe Landeskog. And we've talked about him, you know, so many times over the course of the season. Uh, quite Quite a bit for a guy who has not played a second yet. And every time, and I get, you know, the, the questions need to be asked for to Jared Bednar. You know, the media is doing their job and just getting updates on him. But right now it seems like we're in a pattern of he's not close. And I think it's pretty safe to say at this point, you know, he is not coming back before the, the All-Star break. And I think he said, we'll get to Bo Byram and uh, Manson in a minute, but he did update on those two and said they are likely to come back right after the all-star break. So if they're coming back right after the all-star break and Gabe Landeskog is not anywhere close, we, you know, or we could be getting into March. Mm -hmm. So because of that, 
if it is, let's play the hypothetical game and let's say he's not coming back until March. He's already on LTIR. Do you then play the loophole game that Tampa did oh so well and keeping him on LTIR and then you can make, you have a little bit more flexibility in making trades and making moves, bringing guys in who would obviously count against your cap, but you can't bring Gabe Landeskog back. If you make moves, like as soon as you bring Gabe Landeskog back in the regular season, he immediately counts against the cap. So do you leave him there and wait for the playoffs to come around and then bring him back right at the beginning of the playoffs where the salary cap does not exist? It's a lot of people don't like this because they feel like it's gaming the system and it 100% is, but it is within the rules and teams do it all the time. Should the avalanche go down that road? If you would have asked me this question last year, I would have laughed at your face and said, never, ever bring this up in my presence again. (laughs) After seeing what I've seen so far this year, I say, let's do it. (laughs) <laughs> well you know what uh, we'll continue your thought and and, uh, and i'll it works I'll twofold up. it works twofold it's the carrot at the end of the stick saying we make it to the playoffs captain comes back make it there he joins the team whatever we build with these trades and moves that we could do with the ltir being you know freeing up some cap space we can kind of play around a little bit put a team together really make a push for not just making the playoffs, but better seating in the central. Get into the playoffs. Here comes Gabe Landeskog, the Thor-like captain, just standing there ready to go. It's like a second wind getting into the playoffs where we're not so beat up and we just make it. We could put the pieces there, get there, and then bring him in. I don't see why not. So, and I just wanted to check Cat Friendly because I know he's still on there. Darren Helm was um, before he was on LTIR before um, he came back. He's still listed with the active roster, according to Cat Friendly. Mm. So, you know, depending on you get an update on him, um, you know, if he's going to be out for the season, you I, you would just throw him back on there too on long term injured reserve. You, you'd throw him back on the so. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that the standing, the, the where the Avalanche stand right now within the Central and just the playoff race, I think this is maybe something that you, I don't want to say you entertain it and, and you keep Gabe Landeskog out. Just keep, if he's not, if you don't think he's going to be healthy at any point during the month of, of March, and, you know, I think you would just, it would benefit you. It, it's a weird thing to, to say that, but what is the difference between bringing him back with a week or two left in the season and just having him come back at the start of the playoffs? Now, the difference might be the playoffs are are, are serious business here. Like we're in the we're in the <laughs> business of winning Stanley Cups, and having a guy come back and have his first game of the season be game one of the playoffs is a little bit of a risk because you need him to get going and get all of that. I I understand that. If the Avalanche were at the top of the standings right now, I don't think they would be – I wouldn't be – I shouldn't say they. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't think I would be entertaining this. Things are fine. You're at the top of the standings. What's the point in doing that? Make some some of your depth moves that you can probably still fit within the cap, 
But right now you're fighting for uh, uh, your playoff life right now. And come the trade deadline, you will know. And I think it benefits the abs that, you know, the trade deadline in March, you will know more exact where he stands in coming back. And if he's not, if it's right, if his, his expected time back is pretty close to playoffs, why would you not do it? I have two little additional things to supplement your, your, your uh, diatribe right there. Mm -hmm. Number 21, Peter Forsberg. Mm -hmm. We've done it before. He came back, missed the entire season, came back for the playoffs, led the playoffs in scoring. Mm. It's happened before in Avalanche history. So it's not out of the realm of a conceptual idea that we could come up with. Like it's it's happened before. Two. If it's one of those that he could it he's nowhere close, nowhere close, nowhere close. Here comes April. What's the point of bringing him back a week or two before the playoffs, especially with what you're seeing out of Nachushkin, what you've seen out of Helm coming back not quite ready. Right. Yeah. So you, you don't you don't know where all of those injured guys right now stand. And I think that's why it benefits him that he's not ready. Okay, well, then you have a better idea right around the trade deadline of when he will be. And if it's, you know, like I said, if it, if, it, if he's beginning of March, I mean, you still have a month and a half before we get to March 1st. And if he's ready March 1st, then you know what? I don't think you do this because that, that that's right on the you'll give him a month. What when's their last game? Uh let me bring up their their schedule here real quick. Because it's obviously, you know, uh early April here, middle of April. April, April 14th, right? It's the Predators on the okay. road. So if 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 he's ready to go March 1st, that's a month and a half. You bring him back, and we're not having this discussion. Yeah. If you're if you're if you're within a month of the season, if you're in, in the Ides of March and you got a month left of the season to go, then you're maybe thinking about this. But you know Gabe Landis is gonna want to get out there as soon as he can. If he can't, and and it's 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 all legit that you know you're not just keeping him out to keep him out to play the game, to play the LTIR game. Um and it's close to to you know the the playoffs, and his first game back is a playoff game. He's a vet. He's a seasoned vet. It'll take him a couple games to get going, and that is a risk because it is, you know, like I said before, you're playing to win championships. It's not like they would bench him. You're not going to bench your your captain. You know, that that will give this team a boost, even if he only plays eight minutes in that first game. Um, It's going to be really interesting to see how this is navigated by the Avs. And it goes back to the earlier point. Um, The carrot at the end of the stick, it you really want to push for better seeding in that central. If you get one of those top higher seeds, that's an easier opponent that you're facing in the playoffs, giving Landis Gog ample time to work his way up. If you're having one of those those tight matchups, like you want that one or two seed. Like you really want a beneficial playoff matchup right out the gate so Landy can have a game or two. That's not going to cost the series. Right. Yeah. I mean it's all dependent on on when he, he can come back. And I'm sure they have a good idea of when it can be. Um and like I said, if it is beginning of March, it's almost like making a trade okay. for, to bring in a new a new guy. You're getting Gabe Landeskog, you know, just back on, on your team. And then you make a push for it, just like you would if you were to make a trade in place of Gabe Landeskog, who's not on the ice. It'll be fascinating to watch. Really, really, really will be. 
Uh, you touched on a couple other guys who are kind of making their way back. And it was reported Bo Byram and Josh Manson were skating um, before practice. And Josh Manson kind of like graduated, I guess, from <laughs> from the he's, he's up to like the optional skate level, I guess. And um, I think it was Evan Rall who who posted it that he was skating with Bo Byram and then they called uh josh manson and bo byram kind of like congratulated like he was graduating it was almost yeah, like he, a, he evolved a like a pokemon he went from yeah. manson to mansasaur so <laughs> so manson seems maybe a little bit ahead of byram but they're both progressing nicely and the other thing that he reported was Val the was at practice not wearing skates so this is another thing we were talking about the other day is this you know, with the Darren Helm thing, he comes back, aggravates the injury that kept him out. And now he's out again. That happened with Valnachuskin already once. And right before, a couple of days before, a um, few days before Valnachuskin finally played, uh, Bednard did a press conference and said his discomfort is when he puts his skates on, which can be a discomforting thing when, when you're skating around <laughs> with a foot injury. So uh, it could be just, you know, he, he can go come game time. But when you're, you're going full bore during a, a, an NHL game, it might just flare up a little bit and you can't practice the next day. I don't want to be there with Val Nechuskin where you're taking the practice days off to heal. Yeah, That's not good. Either. So I don't know where that stands. I don't know if he's going to be missing a couple games now because he got one game in and re-aggravated the re-aggravated injury. This is just the game we continue to play, being Avs fans. If I was Val Nachushkin, I would be on the phone with Peter Forsberg about how to navigate a foot injury <laughs> because that's that's his MO. That's what he played the, the latter half of his career with. So yeah. I would be talking, yeah. how do I manage this? Yeah. So we'll have to see if he's uh, in the plans uh, against Calgary, which we will talk about in a little bit. And we also get to that uh, Corey Pronman under 23 list where three Avalanche players were on it six months ago, five months ago. And now they only have two. So we'll talk about that in a second. But first, we are going to bring up BetOnline and BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from the NFL playoffs to the NBA to the NHL. We've got it all at betonline.net. I never asked you your prediction for the Super Bowl. Like, who, who do you think is going? <clears throat> now that we've got one round out of the way, uh, what, what, what is your matchup, sir? For Super you know Bowl what? I'm going to go. Runners. I'm going to go really out there. Give me Buffalo, Philly. <laughs> That's not too much out there. It's, I mean, Philly's <laughs> number one, right? And Buffalo, a lot of people are expected. If you're going to go out there, go like Jaguars. Oh no, and Giants. Jags uh, and a, Giants. How about that? As a recovering Titans fan, I will never pull for the yeah. Jaguars ever. Um. I mean, the the Eagles and Bills, that would be an enjoyable Super Bowl. Yes. I think that would be a very fun Super Bowl. So uh, I think the Eagles have the inside track on that. I think really Dallas is the only one that can stand in their way. Um, but I think I think the Eagles have a little bit easier time. Niners? Than, 
I don't I don't trust in that quarterback right now. I, I don't know anything about him. Uh, you know, to ask Brock him to, Purdy? I, yeah, to ask him to to take the reins in the NFL playoffs after playing five games like that that's a big ask. Could happen. Could happen. So we shall see. But I'm still going Jaguars Giants. Why not? Oof. Screw it. Uh, if you love sports podcasts, why not? You can even find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is betonline.net, and it's where the game starts. All right. So as we stated uh, right before the break, you had uh, Corey Pronman comes up with his under 23 lists for all the under 23 year olds in uh, the NHL. And I'm not going to go through all of. Uh, <laughs> Give me all 150, 100. please. Yeah, no, we're not going <laughs> to do that. But he did have uh, three Avalanche players on there when he updated this in August of 2022, and uh, it was Oscar Olauson, who was very low. He, like he he was like third to last to make the list. He had Alex Newhook and he had Bo Byram. Fast forward to now, and Oscar Olauson is no longer on that list. Alex Newhook was 57 in August. He is now 110. And Bo Byram was 18 in August. And Byram essentially stays the same. He drops one spot to number 19. So the the glaring, and I'm not even worried about Olauson. Like he hasn't really gotten his due yet. So it was nice that he made that. Hey, like yeah, he's thrown in there at the end. There's a nice little, uh, you know, carrot for for Mr. Olauson. Um, that's fine. I think he gets his time maybe in a year or two, and he he might maybe start you know re- reappearing on this list. Uh, Byram stays the same. I think you know that that's fine. He could have dropped him even more because he hasn't played a lot, but he really likes him. Uh, the glaring one there is obviously Alex Newhook. Dropping from 57 to 110. That's more than double by a little bit, right? Yeah. No, that's not. Uh, no, no. I thought it was 107 where he would be at. He'd be at 114 if it was double. So it's yeah. almost double. Yeah, almost double. Almost double. Um, I mean, and, and it's all – so he, he goes – with the guys high up, he gives a little bit of a blurb. For the guys a little bit lower, like where Alex Newhook is, he just gives kind of bullet points for their, their skating. So for his skating, he gives them an, an above NFL or NFL NHL average. His puck skills are average NHL average. His hockey sense is NHL average, and his compete is above NHL average. So those are the four things that he grades them on. And you know th- those are that's what you want. You want to be average or above average. So he's he's he likes his makeup. I have to believe a lot of this is just production based. Let's just say, honestly, let's take Newhook. He's played basically two years. He played mm-hmm. six games in 2020, 2021. And he's played this season. So we'll just combine that and make that one season. Because that's <laughs> and last year was he played 71 games, 33 points. Which is fine for for kind of like a rookie season. I feel like he was especially... Does everybody remember the days when he was in college and we were counting the days that he was going to make this roster? Mm -hmm. And it was fanfare 
I think he had a rocket strapped to his back and the hype train was behind him. And I think he became a little bit of a victim of the hype. Because mm-hmm. when he made his Avalanche debut, thanks to Kale McCarr, if you have a good college career and you come to the Avalanche, you are expected to be yeah. lights out, night in, night out. McCarr didn't make it easy for everybody. No. <laughs> and I, sure. I feel like Newhook kind of fell into that. And he needed more time. He started out last year. Do you down... think, not to cut you off, but do, do, do you feel like he fell into that or or us as fans expected too much from him? I think it's a little right bit both. Off yeah. I think, I think the game got to him a little bit. And I think he thought he was meant for more. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't there. He was having problems catching up to the game. And like you read off everything, like his assessments, like everything's at about above average and a average. Like his compete, I would have disagreed with the above average until the last couple games. Mm-hmm. He's been invisible for most of the season until here recently. Yeah. So is it disappointing for Alex Newhook? Is the career he's put up so far going into a contract is it disappointing 33 points last year being the the stellar year he's sitting on 16 right now i know like you wanted him to take uh, a step and it and it was a big not a risk but a big ask mm-hmm. you know what i mean but uh, the avalanche thought he was capable of doing that and and yeah 33 points at, at you know 20 years old um you know that that that's that that's a good season for him especially on that team and um i don't know like i just i don't say it's a it's a step i mean you could say it's a step back if you want to use that terminology i just feel like it's it's a massive uh learning curve for him is 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 alex newhook as advertised coming into what you anticipated coming out of school to the avalanche mm-hmm. is this new hook as advertised or do you feel like you were sold a bill of goods uh no it, it's weird because like if you asked me that question last year i would have been like yeah he's as advertised and he's on a, a good trajectory and now you know you can update asking me that question and it's like no like I, I i it's tough because i think it's it's too much for him to handle right now i don't think he's he's ready to handle all that and and guys that aren't ready to handle it which are a lot of guys his age and a lot of guys at this stage in career, they send them down. The Avs aren't in the, in the position to do that right now with him. Like you, you did it last year. You were in the position to do that last year because you had guys like Kadri and Burakovsky and even Tyson Jost to start the season. Like you had seasoned guys. You, you, you were, you were awarded that luxury to send him down. You're not this year mm-hmm. because of all the injuries that are happening. So, and, and not only the, all the injuries, your roster like you didn't have the luxury to send him down so he's basically given more to do without really he's basically learning on the job how to do all of this stuff so i i'm like i'm i am not in giving up on alex newhook mode because he's 21 years old yeah he's 21 people like the the for every every position takes time to mature and every player matures at a different rate so no you do not give up an alex newhook right now and and i'm not i don't know what's going to happen next year i'm pretty fairly confident they're going to sign him 
And how how does next year look for Alex Newhook? I'm not already looking forward to that. But what does he do in the offseason? Does he really fine-tune his games and, and he can really pinpoint the things that were not working for him after he removes himself from the season, removes himself from the the – the day-in, day-out rigors of an NHL season, and he focuses on that, he studies that, and comes back prepared? Or is it just more of the same? We'll get a better feel for that in, in the next year or two, and then you make a decision. Why would this team, and this is the last thing I'll say, and then you can go, why would this team give up on Alex Newhook, who's 21 years old, and is a basically one season to play with the team, and had a pretty good season at that when you've given martin cowell mm. half a career yeah to get it right yeah they're yeah. not going in that direction folks. like you don't give up on players that quickly in this sport you don't do it and i'm, I'm gonna ask you one more question uh chris vaselli of lockdown avalanche uh, mm. it's been a pleasure having you here um, you. um i would like to ask you according to this list bo byram being injured playing really limited starts hasn't really moved in his ranking mm-hmm. bo byram has fallen into the basement do you still put byram above new hook when it comes to importance of signing and production and what you're optimistic for you've seen more of what new hook can and cannot yeah. be are you st- <laughs> that's a it's yeah like it's a tough question i mean yes i do um because like you you've seen what byram you've seen flashes of what he can do. And then the only thing that stops him is injuries. Yeah. I was about to say, it's not what Byron can do. It's when he can do yeah. that's That's becoming the narrative. Right. Like, like the, the thing, the thing with new hook is like, you're seeing on the ice that he's, he's struggling and, and where improvement needs to be. Uh, this is weird to say that the improvement with, with Bo Byram is improved, not getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that right yeah uh but when when byram's on the ice he's he's been pretty consistent he's been he's been good so yeah like I, and i understand not dropping him in this list because there's a lot of guys above him that haven't played anything yet yeah so and, and you can kind of in a sense lump bo byram in with that hasn't really played yet if you want you know want to use that phrase yeah he's got a handful of games in but um, I, I don't think it would be fair to completely drop him because he hasn't really what what he's shown you is impressive. So you leave him there for now. Um, where Newhook, you have a lot more to go on, and it hasn't he deserves to to drop you know a handful of spots right now. But I I, I still feel like he can he can kind of correct it and get on the right track. It's just and, be, and he has as of late. Yes, and that yeah, you see it. You mm-hmm. see glimpses of it. Yep. Now it's just making that consistent. So um, another interesting thing that we'll, we'll maybe talk about in a, a later episode, the Athletic also ranked uh, the prospect pools mm. for all 32 teams. Colorado Avalanche, number 32. Dead last. We're, we're the Elmo pool. And, and, and it's like, it's, good, it, it's a yin and yang type of thing. Like you won the Stanley Cup. So you you win the Stanley Cup because you kind of you make trades and you give up guys, which the Avalanche had to do. That you bring up Bo Byram and Alex Newhook; those are like these are not people 
they're not included in in this list. This is all your prospects playing in the AHL and college and everything else. So uh, you know when you and you win no the longer Stanley have Cup, Baron. Right, right, yeah. So when when you win the Stanley Cup, it's because you're giving up stuff like that. So you are going to drop, but yeah. dead last. So I mean, we'll talk about that some other day. Yeah, that's a new feeling. Yeah. All right, and uh, the last thing we'll get to is tonight's game against Calgary. Um, last time you, you met up with these guys, it, it, it was tough goings because it was uh, the second game of the season, which was the day after your first game of the season in in Colorado. Uh, you raise the banner, you go out and beat the Blackhawks, then you get on a plane, go up to Canada, and face Calgary. Good luck with that. So, it, it, and it wasn't. Everything was just adding up for the Avalanche to, to have a rough. It's early in the season. It's a back-to-back. You're flying up there late night. You got to go through customs. It just And it showed. <laughs> Not trying to make excuses for the Avalanche, but, but it showed. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to how the Avalanche kind of uh, play against Calgary when they've had a day of rest. You can have a, a, a normal travel day. Um, and, you know, two teams fighting for, for playoffs right now. Calgary yep. has a playoff spot, but I think the Avalanche have like three games in hand, I want to say, over um, Calgary. I'll look that up quickly. And, and um, go ahead. With what you've seen out of the Avalanche in the last two games, you want to see what they do. Let's. We all know Nas is there. We get it. I understand. Trust me. I know. Mm. I know. <laughs> um, Nas is there. But also, Colorado Avalanche kryptonite Tyler Toffoli. Mm. He is a member of the Flames. Where, whether he's a king, whether he, wherever he plays, he's always an issue for the Avalanche. So he's also there floating around, and he's starting to get hot right now. So yeah. you want to keep your eye on that. And if they can, if this offense that the Avalanche have been putting together can take advantage of some suspect goaltending as of late. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and you look at Calgary, and, and you just look at like how they've been playing lately. They're just. They're up and down. Like they they went on a, a losing binge. Let's see. I think they lost two for five in a row. And then since then, like they win two, lose one, win two, lose one. So it's like they're they're they just can't seem to get on uh, a solid like run, much like the Avalanche. Yep. Uh, but the Avalanche have two in a row. Calgary is coming off of a loss that was to the Predators. Um, two to one. So, um, yeah, I, th- I, I think this is going to be an inter- interesting game. Avalanche got to come in feeling a little bit more confident. Uh, not that just that they've had two wins, but pretty convincing wins. Sure. If you want to say the, the opponent was not up to the standard fine. Um, but you know, you score seven and you score six, you're going to feel pretty good. The where, where's Calgary's, um, special teams because on the penalty kill they're pretty good right let's see penalty yeah kill. their penalty kill is like seventh in the league yeah uh their power play struggles they're in the bottom like third of the league uh maybe like 25th or something like that so the yep, power play is good. not the best yep power play is not good which that, that benefits us yeah if you can get if you could get on that kill and get momentum first that is yeah um, leading goal scorer, Nazem Kadri. Didn't didn't think that. Uh, I mean, he got off to a, kind of a slow start, but he's 
let's see, I think he's third on the team in points. He is, but he's leading them in goals scored. So he's kind of he's got 35 points on the season, 17 goals, 18 assists. He is a minus five on the year. Um Nikita Sidorov's on that team too. Let's all go crazy for that. We'll quit no. us. <laughs> and what does Zadorov lead the team in? No Nothing there. Penalty minutes. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> penalty minutes. There's no shocker there. Um, I don't know. Overall, I think I think these are kind of evenly matched teams. I yeah. think like you have top lines that can really produce. Um, Markstrom's a good goalie who's not not having the his best season. He can dial it up at any time. Um, we'll see what the abs do in goal because we talked about it yesterday. You know, if Pablo Francois has those two games that the abs have, have won, he's looked pretty good. Do you give Georgiev another rest um, and give him another day off? We'll see what the Avalanche do there because what's what's the game after this? They play in Vancouver. Ooh. So, so they do – Okay, so you have a back-to-back. So you have Calgary, day off Thursday, then you're in Vancouver on Friday, and then very next day you're in Seattle. So, you know, mm. we'll see. We'll see Seattle's how they good. Play. Seattle's playing better, yes. Yeah, I mean, Seattle, Seattle – what, they win, like, all seven road games that they were just yeah, on? Yeah, like, crazy. first team out of all the four major teams to win a seven – game road that's crazy that's that is crazy so i don't think anybody anybody could have predicted that no um but we'll get to that before the weekend uh i don't know i think i i want to see this you know the abs continue to play like they've been playing and i yeah. think we'll, we'll see what happens with nachuskin i didn't hear anything concerning maybe he just wanted to that's what they're going to do with him for right now is just give him rest days on the off days and not press him too much, even in practice. Um, but if he's not there, God, it is glaring. Yeah, it is so glaring. And and it and I hate to say one guy can make that much of a difference in this game, but in this particular game, absolutely. If Valentin Chuskin's not there, it will be noticeable. And I'm saying the Avs can't win it, but it will be a little bit of a tougher go at it if Nachuskin can't be there. Especially when you have guys like Brett Ritchie, Lucic, you have uh, Huberto on the other side. Mm. With a guy like Val not in there, that's going to hurt. Yeah, with with his forechecking ability, that that puts a lot more pressure on Calgary to, to move the puck more, you know, perfectly and succinctly. So that, and that's, he just, he offers that on top of him just causing chaos in front of the net. So he does so much. We'll see. We'll see what the whole lineup is uh, before puck drop. And Kyle and I will be back tomorrow to break it all down. So until then, thank you for tuning in and making it your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. He is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. I am Chris Maselli. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy the game. See you tomorrow. Go, Abs, go. Go, Abs, go.